Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and as always, I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bulls Scripted, and we are here with another special guest episode of Bulls on Tap. This week, it's featuring Matt Peck of Locked On Bulls and NBC's Bulls Outsiders. Matt's a diehard Bulls fan. We're very excited to have him on the show and uh, have a fun time talking Bulls basketball and what he's been up to during uh, quarantine. Before we get into the episode, be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap. Following Goose on Twitter at Bulls Scripted. And following me at Buzz on Tap. So sit back, relax, and get ready for another fun episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Bulls on Tap. We are joined by Matt Peck, host of Locked on Sox and one of the three Bulls outsiders. He was so gracious to join us tonight, talk some Bulls basketball, what he's been up to during quarantine, and I wish this was on video because the mustache is something that I, I wish I could do. I have a beard, but I cannot grow any anything remotely like that, which is uh, it's goddamn impressive. It's it's damn impressive. But Matt, I wanted to welcome you on the, welcome you on the show, man. How are you? I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. And uh, don't think I didn't notice you just tried to sneakily defect me to the dark side, a.k.a. being a White Sox fan. I'm the host of Locked On Bulls, not Locked On Sox, man. Where's your brain at? Did I say Sox? <laughs> you did. Yeah, you did. Oh, Clearly, my God. I'm somebody's so... thinking about the world of baseball right now, and I don't blame you. I'm sorry, man. Because <laughs> what the hell is going on with Major League Baseball right now? Dude, I don't know. I'm so sick of all the rumors that are flying around with the this, you know, I think we saw 70 games now is what they were trying to push for again, and or 60-something games, and the prorated salaries and the universal DH, and people are getting upset. But we did have the host of Locked On Sox on a couple weeks ago. That was Herb. My bad. Locked Herb's on, the man. Yeah, Herb is the man. I've, I've uh, been fortunate enough to share some beers with Herb Uh in the past at a couple events, but yeah, my bad about that. Locked on Bulls. I can't believe I did that. What, what I wouldn't let it slide were it not for the fact that I am, in fact, a Cubs fan. Yeah, you and, so. <laughs> you, you and Keith both. You and Goose both are Cubs fans. I'm, I'm outnumbered here today, but that, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Keith, what have you been up to, man? It's been a week. I uh, bought a new kitchen set today. Choice Furniture, <laughs> going out of business. Uh, grab that. My car for a nice little drive. That's that's about it. I mean, buying into basketball card breaks because I'm bored out of my mind, and it's like scratch-off tickets for a basketball junkie. So, you know, good times. Well, uh, before we get into the first question here, man, I just want to remind everybody to check out Locked On Bulls. Locked On Bulls, not fucking Locked On Socks. Check out Locked On Bulls and check out all of Matt's work on uh, Bulls Outsiders. They have a podcast that releases as well. It's very good. So be sure you check that out. But, uh, Matt, again, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's awesome. But uh, let's get in the first question here. What are your thoughts on the new front office? We've kind of done the last three episodes. This is the fourth now we've done guests. We've had Kevin Anderson, Herb, and Tony uh, Gill join us on the last three episodes. We've kind of been asking the same questions, just trying to get you know people's opinions on what they think the new front office can bring. Yeah, I mean – well, the initial reaction that I had was just like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I've been saying it so many years now. It seems, it seems like I've been saying it my, my whole life. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Anytime I hear any kind of reporting or rumors about Gar or Pax or both getting the axe. Um, and so w- we started to hear a lot of that stuff earlier on this season. You know, like David Kaplan was talking about it a lot on his various shows saying like, oh, big changes are coming. And then all of a sudden, All-Star Weekend, you know, Chicago is hosting the entire NBA world and the Bulls are a joke. But everybody's like, oh, man, Chicago, what a great city. What a, a great, you know, once proud basketball city. And then that was the the week that we got the news that was like, oh, it's it's happening. Change is coming. So, you know, as far as AK and Eversley and, and the other hires, you know, they've made uh, Connolly and Polk and all those guys. I like the hires. But I'm still just like, I feel like I'm a kid living in a dream world where this is finally actually happened because I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you, you guys, but I've been calling for this front office overhaul for five or six years now. Yeah, you've I followed you for a long time on Twitter, um, you know, uh, listen to your opinions on a bunch of different things. And I, I, I think I gave up on Pax and Gar in general. Oh, God, man, it was maybe 2017 is when I started throwing my tweets out there, maybe 2018 where I'm like, I'm not happy with the direction that everything's going. I'm a little worried about it. I, I was worried about the Lowry pick. I was worried about the Wendell pick. I was like, I don't think these guys can put them all together. These guys have talent, but I don't know if they could put it all together. Um, 
And yeah, uh, yeah. Like the the Dwayne Wade Rajon Rondo summer was definitely like I was I was I had it up to here. Right. And then the ta- the Taj and Doug for campaign trade that was the final nail in the coffin for me. Did that hit like, you at you the time? Me? Did that hit you yeah. at the time? Yeah, because a lot oh, of yeah. people were like, oh well, he's got potential. You know, I mean, you know how people get. It's like the same thing with quarterbacks in the NFL, right? Well, he played behind Russell Westbrook. He's gonna, right. he's going to be great. So he comes in, and then he it was, was Russell Westbrook's dance partner. What right. could be bad about that? Right, it, and it, it turned out to be very less than great, and I was didn't work out uh, very well. But I I had a hard time uh, getting really super salty until I think uh, the end of the um, eighteen going into nineteen season, and that's just because I've had uh, you know a ticket package for a couple you know a year or two now, and Gar bought me a drink, and he was a nice guy. And I felt shitty that I was just like, wow, you suck at your job. You know, I felt I did. I had like a heart on me. I felt bad that I was like, man, this dude bought me a fucking Jack and Coke here in, in the H. Yeah. You know, but I mean, that's just kind of how relationships work, though, and how, you know, human interaction works. You can think somebody's a nice person and still think that they're bad at their job. Right. Like, uh, you know, me and my, my outsiders guys, Big Dave and John. We're, we're like yucking it up with Jim Boylan at this Bulls charity gala that we went to last fall. Boylan came up to us and was like, you know, I think he was trying to grease us a little bit. Like sell, like he was trying to give us like an elevator pitch about how this season's going to be so much better. Everything's going to be great. I was skeptical, but I was like, I, I really wanted to not like Jim Boylan, the guy, because I looked at his coaching last season. I was like, oh, this is a disaster. But I liked him. And, I, I you know, every, every time I have a negative thought or say something mean about him, I feel a little bit bad, and I'm sure that's the you know the same way you feel after actually having the experience. For most Bulls fans, Gar Pax is just this like amorphous blob of evil that they don't, right. don't actually know the people behind it. It's just the people that run their team, and they want their team to be better. Right, and you're absolutely right. I can't speak for Goose, so I'll let him on this. But we met Boylan. I met Boylan three times last year, but one was at the open practice for season ticket holders. We got to go, and he couldn't have been a nicer guy to us. And then I was like, all of a sudden, dude. After we met him and had a conversation with him, I was like, you know what? This this practice was free-flowing. The ball was moving. The shots were going in. The guy seemed confident. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, hang on. I'm going to back off my usually hating everything in the world type deal when it comes to the Bulls to I'm going to give this a chance. <laughs> and then he immediately kind of proved me right in my, in my first theory that it was going to be a bad time. Goose, I don't know how you felt about that. You want to chime in there? Well, I do think the whole Gar buying you a drink thing is symbolic because he didn't fucking pay for that. He was that was free. He was just, <laughs> you go. So, so that, that that's 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 just like Gar suckers you in, makes you feel like, oh yeah, I'm a good guy. I just bought you a drink when really he just gave you something that was free. Um, as for Boylan, no, I mean we were at that practice and. He made it clear that we were going to shoot more threes. He just didn't tell us that we weren't going to be allowed to shoot mid-range and that Wendell Carter Jr. wasn't going to be allowed to look at the basket free throw line out and that we were just going to have regression all around because unless you were shooting a three or you were Zach Levine giving him the bird and dribbling away, eh, you weren't really going to get much else. So I got suckered by Boylan. um, And now I can't wait till he's gone. And that's why I, I laughed a little bit when Matt said that he's in a dream. I don't know that it's a good dream yet because we still got Boylan here. So no, it's, 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 it's still a fever dream of some kind. <laughs> Boylan, so we're getting there. Boylan's still here. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do think, uh, honestly, like if I had a gun to my head right now and I had to choose, like is AK really going to give him a shot and Mark Eversley going to give him a shot or are they going to let him go? I'm pretty sure he's gone. I mean, you have to agree. You agree with that, right, Matt? He's gone, right? Yeah, I, I think there's not a chance. I just saw uh, somebody earlier today um, – was I think it was Malika a. Andrews, who's now with ESPN, but she used to work with Casey at the Trib for a while. Yeah, um, she's she's a great reporter. She said I think on a podcast appearance today or something that uh, she's heard I, you know that the Bulls are going to give him a shot. But I like to me that's still just the same thing that we've heard about the Reinsdorfs saying. Well, we'd like, like to you know have AK keep an open mind to the idea of retaining Jim Boylan because they really like him. Um, we've heard that time and again. The Reinsdorfs love Jim Boylan, which it's like, okay, well, the reason you're bringing in a new front office and are, are tasking them to fix this is because y'all opinions about who's good at basketball stink because this look where we are right now. So it's like we'd, we'd really like you to keep an open mind to the idea that this guy that we picked, who is by all accounts terrible at being a head NBA basketball coach, we'd like you to 
still consider. No, they were brought in to fix the mess. Jim Boylan is part of the mess. They're going to move on from him. I think it's just about AK trying to do this in the most professional way possible. Right. So, I mean, you basically kind of went along Herb and Tony's guidelines and that, and even Kevin's as well, is like, you know, maybe AK will do his due diligence with them just to appease the new ownership that he, you know, the new franchise that he works for. It's right. just, I, I I don't think he's going to be influenced by them. He seems like a pretty strong-minded dude. And uh, with the reports that we've seen, and I don't want to, I'm going to butcher the name again, Goose, help me. Ime Udoka. Thank you. With the reports of Ime Udoka, um, you know, and that, that's been popping up even more and more. I, I, I think that it's, his days are are for sure numbered. Um, you know, and I'm excited to see what this new front office brings. I mean, Chicago sports have been, you're a diehard Chicago sports fan just like me. You might be on the opposite end of the spectrum of baseball than I am, but I don't want to suck anymore. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah, you know, it's like you're, you go to work and then you come home from work and then your hobby is to watch sports. And then that sucks too. And you're like, all right, that's cool. Well, I'm just going to go to him right now. There's nothing else to do. But, uh, yeah, man, I, speaking of AK and Mark and everything like that, there, who, who do you think they'd like to keep around and who are players that you'd like to keep around? Cause you know, everybody's on the table. We've, we've talked about this. We don't think anybody's untouchable on this squad, and I don't, and rightfully so. I don't think anybody's proven to be untouchable. If a right offer comes along, you have to look at anything. Um, right. Do you think there's any players, man, that are untouchable in your mind or in AK and Mark Eversley's mind? I would say right now, my opinion, there is not a single piece of this roster that you would deem to be untouchable. Um, I think AK and Eversley probably feel the same way, and they're going to come into this with as much of an open mind as possible to say, OK, let's evaluate this talent. Let's uh, evaluate the chemistry or lack thereof between certain pieces of this young talent on our roster, because we do know that they like some of the talent that, that's here. And I don't think that AK and Eversley would take this job if they thought that they had they were coming in with nothing to work with. And maybe something to work with is a tradable asset and maybe it's a piece that they want to keep and build around. But. I mean, a, a recent comment from AK in one of his many interviews that I you know, thought was interesting was him saying, there's way too much talent on this roster to see the results that we saw this season. And it would be like, ding, 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 Jim Boylan, that's your exit cue. That's basically saying this was a poorly coached team because right. there's too much talent for a team to be 20 games under 500 uh, when the season stalled, when the Bulls had gotten through you know, the bulk of their schedule. So... I think no pieces are untouchable. They're going to come in. They're going to evaluate. They're going to see what they like. And I also hope that, that AK is going to stick to the goal that he stated of figuring out what the hell went wrong with Lowry Markkinen this year. Um, because, you know, I'm not saying that he's an untouchable piece. If the Bulls decided he didn't fit and traded him, I'd be upset. But I would understand I'm putting my trust in this new front office. But he was the piece in that trade when we decided to move on from Jimmy that when we saw his rookie year, I thought, oh, this kid could be special. Yeah, real deal. And then, you know, he's had nagging injuries that he's dealt with that have cut his, you know, his first three seasons short at various moments. But this season, he just looked, he just looked like a bad basketball player. He looked like an uninvolved member of the team. Just perimeter, not being very aggressive, not getting in transition game a whole lot. It's just like, I, I refuse to believe that the Lowry we saw this season is the real Lowry. He can't be act that bad right i, I, I personally I feel that. like jim boylan gave lowry a case of the darko milicheks like lowry just oh. checked out he just he just didn't care anymore his love for the game was taken away from him by this bald thumb-shaped head man with a punch clock who just says shoot that three shoot it and get that rebound you want to shoot get the rebound and that's all he has to say and that doesn't work with a player like lowry because he's not we all wish he had more Mamba mentality to him and he was more aggressive. You're, you're going to have to get to Lowry in a different way, and Jim Boylan's not the coach that's going to get there. Um, so hopefully uh, that exit cue comes sooner rather than later because I keep seeing reports that the Knicks are actually openly speaking with people as where the Bulls have to be doing it behind closed doors at this point because Jim is still coming to work. Right, because we, we can't hurt Jim's feelings because that's what matters here. <laughs> I wish somebody would hurt my feelings feelings by telling me here we owe you another five million dollars. We just don't ever want to see you again. I, yeah. I wish somebody would hurt my feelings that way. As uh, as my buddy Sabai from Outsiders put it one time, it's like you know 
classic uh, story of uh, American success. A middle-aged white man continues to fail his way to the top. That is the definition of Jim Boyle at being the Bulls head coach right now. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, I, I know this isn't on the questionnaire here, but you had brought up a point about how the Bulls were 20 games under 500. I really hope that's a Moscow Mule you're drinking right now, too. Is it, Am I right on that? It is actually a Kentucky Mule. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of bourbon, not a fan of vodka. Um, so, yeah, uh, nice copper tin. But, uh, yeah, I, I always go with the bourbon uh, instead of the, the, the clear liquors. As, as one of my favorite TV characters, Ron Swanson, would say, clear liquors are for rich women on diets. I am not a rich woman, and I am never on a diet. I'm going to tell you what, I, I think it was in the stars that our, our paths crossed because I am a big <laughs> bourbon guy, big whiskey guy. I actually just ordered uh, Creek Water whiskey. It's made by a, a guy named Yellow Wolf who's a rapper or whatever, but it's, it's called Creek Water. He has a cinnamon one that just came out as well, and then he's working on a honey whiskey. I'm a big whiskey guy, and I'm big bur- I love bourbon. Dude. Big, big fan. Always. Especially, you know, when the world is going to sh- shit like that i'm sorry can we swear on this podcast absolutely absolutely <laughs> you want. when the world when the world is going to shit around us we need good whiskey to sip on uh, you're, you're i guess we should man. start putting that disclaimer out there to guests that yes this is unfiltered you can say whatever Ev- you want yeah, whatever you want man. nothing off limits if you want to make an ass of yourself go for it. You yeah. guys didn't strike me as the PG podcast type. No, we're not. We're we're not, man. We, you know, we Herb said the same thing I think on his episode, and so did Kevin. And I think Kevin got a little bit heated when we he heard I did, I uh, never saw a Star Wars movie in my life, and he <laughs> he, he he threw a little oh, shade yeah. at me. Threw a little shade at me here and there, but uh, there was a question. I've never told Bulldog about my indifference on the Star Wars saga just because I don't want to disappoint him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I wish somebody would told me that before I walked into that uh, that interview with him. But, uh, you know, it was all good. It was all good. I'm a big Kevin fan. But you had brought up um, being 20 games under 500. And, again, I know this isn't on the questionnaire, but uh, can you please give me the details about your and Fred's bet, dude? Because Fred's a good friend of ours. We've hung out with him uh, quite a few times outside of the Twitter sphere. Physically been with Fred quite a few times. He's a yeah. really good dude. He's funny as hell. He cracks me up. Um, he hates Kirk Heinrich. That's the only thing I don't like about Fred. Um, but other than that, can you please uh, rub in his face a little bit? Because every time I post something Kirk Heinrich on Twitter, he, he seem I think he has, like, Kirk Heinrich as a favorite on his Twitter. So when it gets tweeted out by me, he can come and just try to smite <laughs> me as soon as I post it. So right, I, yeah. I, I want you to tell us about the bet that you won in a fucking landslide. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. Um, and uh, it was it was not hard. The, as I made the bet, I was like, this is going to be an easy W for me. So he <laughs> and I were talking about expectations for the season. Um, and, he, and, and he was like, you know, his whole mantra of like, oh, OK, so I know I said seven seed last year, but I meant this year. It's totally going to happen this year. This is the year the Bulls are back. And I'm like sitting here thinking like, Fred, you're on drugs, man. And can I have uh, but so it was a simple one. It was like, okay, man, 500 or better or 500 or worse. I was like, if they win 41 games, um, you win the bet. If they win 40 or fewer games, I win the bet. And the terms I didn't think were fair at all in my favor. I was I couldn't believe Fred was willing to make the bet because mine was just like wearing either a Dwayne Wade or Jabari Parker jersey on an episode of Outsiders um, because he knows how much I I hate those two and their Bulls tenures. And he was willing to wager his side of it being if he lost, I got to pick a month, a calendar month to kick him off of Twitter. (laughs) Because I felt like not only myself, but the entire Bulls Twitter sphere could use a break from that dude's insanity. He poisons people's minds. And at least it's (laughs) trying to poison people with optimism and positivity. But at 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 a certain point, you're like, no, dude, you're like... Fred is the fakest version of fake news that exists. Uh, like, they're so, oh, hashtag fake news. Fred <laughs> is fake news, and I get so freaking sick of it sometimes. It's like, oh, dude, this is the year. No, it's not. It's so clearly not the year. We we have a guy like that who works for ONTAP. Uh, his name's Lucas Perfetti, and he we brought him in to run the Bears side of things. And as you know, plug for you and Big Dave, you guys did Hot Mike this year. Uh, first time right. we, we were all approached yeah. to try to launch this product up off the ground and it was a great time it was cool you know i mean me and uh uh amp who works for on tap we did it but lucas 
came on about week eight, I want to say, and he is like, he is Fred, but Bears version. And I was telling oh, him all okay. year, I'm like, dude, I think that 12 and four season was just, I've been a season ticket holder my whole life. I was like, I think it was just a flash yeah. in the pan, dude. I don't think this is going to be sustained success here. And it's it's the same thing. I just got to get a bet with him going like you did for. Uh, well, no, in my luck, I'll, well, get, I'll get fucked. At, at least Bears fans had a reason to be optimistic if they just saw, hey, twelve and four, right? Lost the playoff game. They probably should have won, right? Like I, I was optimistic. I was all aboard. Like Bears are Super Bowl bound this year, baby. <laughs> some of it was a little bit misguided, and I think it was just Bears fans finally having a reason to feel optimism again because. That season in 2018, we were like, oh, my God. Magical. Oh, my God. The Bears suddenly got good again. Yep. And uh, there's so much excitement around Bears fans when the team is even mediocre and threatening to make a playoff bid. With the Bulls, it was like, dude, we're coming off of a season where we won, like, 27 games. And <laughs> how many of those were, like, based on just, like, a G League roster beating a team that was playoff bound sitting its entire roster in the back end of, like, March and April? How do you take that? The same coach basically the same roster and expect this crazy leap of like 15 to 20 wins, which is what Fred was imagining. And I'm like, look, I felt good about the the development of Zach and Lowry. I liked the pick of Kobe white. I was excited to see his rookie year. I even thought the additions of, of Thad young and Sadoransky made sense. They right. were flashy, but they made sense to address needs on the roster. But just for that big of a wind jump to actually happen, so many things need to, go right and I didn't believe that all that many that number of things would go right so of course you know he, you know Fred could call me a hater and tell me to pound sand and, and you know call me not, <laughs> not a, a believing Bulls fan but it's like yeah guess what the Bulls only played 65 games this 67 games this season or whatever it was and yeah they already had 43 losses so how about you take that L Fred yeah that's a bad that's a bad L to take that is definitely I mean a bad in, L in all honesty though I would like to add I I absolutely love Fred. He is the nicest guy. Uh, he He's always a joy to be around. Uh, well, that's a lie. He's often a joy to be around when he comes by and subs in for an outsider show if John and Dave are gone. Um, yeah, he's, he's a terrific guy, and, and I'll give him this. I don't know many Bulls fans who are more passionate than he is. Oh, absolutely. That dude loves a team. Yeah, 100%. He loves the teams. But speaking of him sitting in on Outsiders, man, how is it being a part of Bulls Outsiders? I know me and you've talked about that before just through Twitter DMs and about how you know excited you were to be a part of that. What's it like being on that, man? I mean, uh, you guys watch the game in its entirety in the studio. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, so we actually watch from the green room, okay. um, which is, like, adjacent to the studio. Okay. Um, so, you know, basically where – they uh, people get ready to or before they go on camera. There's a green room off to the side, and there's like a little makeup room attached to the green room. But so the green room is basically just this room with the you know two big TVs in it, and then just like a, a little like half circle of lazy boys. It's like my favorite room in the world, and it's at like you know Fred called it Bulls Disney World, which is actually a pretty good name for it because as a Bulls fan, you walk in you're like oh my god, there's lazy boys and you know big screen TVs everywhere. They're all all these like famous Chicago sports media people coming and going that for, you know, the average fans like us, it's like I get starstruck by media people just as much as I get starstruck by the players when I'm actually around the players. Um, so yeah, dude, I mean, it's a dream. It's an absolute dream. And uh, you know, the fact that we get to watch these games with not, not only like broadcasting people who are so talented, like Mark Janowski in year one, and then Jason Goff joining the team here in, in season two. Um, but like watching games with Kendall Gill and Will Purdue, man, it's just like I grew up watching and idolizing these guys. Right. Like Will Purdue is an NBA champion who won three of his rings. Like with the Bulls. Right. Like the, the dude was one of my heroes growing up. Kendall Gill, you know, he only had that one uh, short stint uh, with the Bulls towards the end of his career, but he was always one of my favorite players outside of the Bulls across the league. I loved his defense. I thought he was an underrated offensive playmaker. Um, and I, I just, you know, of course, even going back to his days at U of I, I was always a big Kendall fan and now they're just like my co-workers who I'm just shooting the shit with and watching basketball with and absorbing their information and you know getting all these amazing stories from their playing days it's a dream come true man and honestly you know Big Dave and John is just it's the cherry on top of like the coolest Sunday of a job because they are I two of my favorite people in the world we didn't know each other before coming in to those auditions for outsiders we had never met before I was like aware of who Big Dave was because of his you know presence in in Chicago sports 
works and, and Bulls podcasting. But we just met and, and clicked and, and hit it off. Um, and we were all just so thrilled when, when they, uh, you know, offered us the job and become like we text all day, every day. <laughs> like now that like the season is over, we're, we just like miss each other and just like text each other about NBA stuff and about completely non NBA related stuff. Just because we're like we feel like we all three of us are only one third whole right now. Right. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm, I'm glad for you, man. I'm happy for you. It sounds like an awesome gig and you know, you deserve it. You do a lot of hard work within the bulls, uh, within the bulls realm of things, you know, podcasting, writing, all that stuff. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about locked on too? I know this was a while ago, but obviously you haven't been on the podcast before, but you guys hit over 1 million downloads. And I think it was like what, three, four months ago that happened. Or was that a little longer? I've, I've lost track yeah. of time. I appreciate the kind words, by the way. And, um, you know, I, I don't deserve this job more so than any other Bulls fans. I mean, it's 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 a dream job, and I'm I'm very fortunate to, uh, to have it, and I don't take it for granted. That's for certain. Um, so yeah, locked on. It was our 2019, uh, you know, January through December calendar year. For the first time in a full year, we hit a million downloads. Uh, so we we'd already eclipsed a million download mark oh, okay. as far as total downloads when we started because mm-hmm. we joined on the Locked On Network, and I want to say the fall of 2017. Um, and then you know gradually built up our, our listenership and our following and then did pretty well in 2018 despite the team being bad. And then, um, you know, between um, my a little bit of probably exposure, but also production work and the fact that we were very lucky to just get a lot of people to say yes, to come on and be guests on our show. And, you know, if you get uh, solid guests who know what they're talking about and are entertaining listens, that's like, as I'm sure you guys know as well, that that can really help your 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 listens and your downloads and people starting to pay attention to your podcast is who can i get to come on my podcast who is perhaps different than me has more experience than me uh is you know somewhat related to what we're doing but has a different perspective on it and uh and that's what i think the, you know sports podcast listeners are always listen are always looking for these days are really solid guests so you know, I, I, I owe a lot of the success of that podcast to, to Jordan's production work, uh, which is so good that he got a job as a producer at 670 that he's yep. been doing for the past year now. I'm so happy for him and so proud of him for that. And then also just all the amazing people who were willing to give us their time. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, you do a lot of hard work, and it and it shows in the products that you guys put out on Bulls Outsiders and on Locked On Bulls. So that's good stuff. Uh, moving on with the no basketball theme, like you had mentioned, you know, you feeling like you're not whole. I don't think any of us feel yeah. whole. And, uh, Goose, we'll start with you Dude, for this one. Then. Give me some basketball. I know I need it, man. I need it. I, I'm miserable without it. But, Goose, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think about this Disney-themed NBA season that might be happening? I mean, I think if it's what it takes to get the job done, it's what you got to do. You see Dana White, you know, he was talking about private islands, Mortal Kombat-style shit. He's got it, you bro. Know, He's got Fight Island locked down. It's, it's the end of days right now, so if Disney World is the only safe haven and you got to lock all the best basketball players in the world in for three months to decide who's a champion, I guess that's what you got to do. I think singling out the resorts, I don't know if you guys saw the meme the other day, but somebody put all the teams that are staying at each specific resort, and then they put all the teams that weren't going to the bubble on a couch. And, of course, we were on the couch, <laughs> oh. uh, which which is sad. I mean, because it only took 29 wins to get into the bubble if you're the Phoenix Suns, and we, we, we couldn't even accomplish that. That's so brutal. Like, uh, I don't know, man. That, that just <laughs> – see, when you said it like that, it hurt me even more. <laughs> so, uh, that it's, that as long fun. as it hurts Jim Boylan, we'll be good. I was gonna say, aren't you guys relieved that we don't have to watch Jim Boylan like struggle bus his way to coaching seventeen more games, like or or even eight more games in this bubble? I, I am excited about not watching Boylan coach anymore, but I, I was really Kobe's ex- undefeated as a starter. That's man. what I was gonna say. You took it. I, Kobe White's undefeated as a starter, man. I was riding on that. I was riding on that for a little bit. But one and zero against Cleveland Cavaliers. I, uh, I was gonna say, and and who did we win in that game? Was it was it the Cleveland Cavaliers? No, no contact with the Cavaliers. Point. Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant. Erroneous <laughs> on all accounts. But, I mean, what, what do you think about it, Matt? I mean, I know we've seen a lot of different kind of rumors floating around that we might not get some, you know, there might be some players that might be sitting out of this or, or whatever. Uh, a lot of fans, and I know you're, you're, you have a big presence on Twitter, and you're very active on Twitter as well, and I've seen a lot of fans just want to call the season quits and not even do this in general, but then it makes me kind of feel selfish because 
I don't want anybody in danger. That's the that's the first right. and foremost thing. I don't want anybody in danger, man. If, if if there's you know like I know Florida showed its biggest spike in numbers from what I it was a tweet, so I might not be right, and I don't feel like googling it right now because I have shitty internet here. No, you are correct. It was like some some day recently, like yeah, it was within like 3, this 000. week, they, they had their biggest one day like spike of the entirety of from when this started. Right, and. Uh, there was over 200 employees, from what I've read, at the uh, at one of the main airports. Can't remember if it was Orlando or Miami. I can't remember which one it was, but like 200 employees came down with it, and that's how f- players are going to be traveling in to do this in Disney if they go to, through Orlando. So I can understand why some players would want to sit, but selfishly, if they can find a way to do it, uh, of course I'm going to watch. You know, I just I just don't know how likely it is because we still don't know where we're at in a in a society right. right now with all this covid stuff going on you don't want to put your family in danger you don't want to put your teammates in danger your coaching staff yourself you know i, I i'm just very yeah. i'm very curious to see what happens i don't i don't know if you, what your opinion is on it i mean i'm i'm with you man like of course i want nba playoff games of course i do i'm a junkie for that stuff i'm i'm relieved that the bull season is over and that we got this new front office you know getting a, a jump start and yeah it's gonna suck to have this incredibly long abnormal offseason where we're not gonna see bulls basketball competitive bulls basketball again until probably december um you know nine months without bulls sucks if we can have some nba playoff action to kind of help you know ease some of that pain of not having bulls basketball i'm all for it but like like you said Safety first. It's about the safety of the players, their families, everybody who's going to be in this bubble. Um, and, and the numbers in Florida are spiking right now. Um, it, it, like, it makes me think of, of just like the – it's something I think about a lot is the, the hypocrisy that diehard sports fans don't like to address within themselves about how much we want and crave and need our sports that we love so much that are a wonderful distraction – and, you know, they're about the teams, they're about the players. We love rooting for them. We love watching them win. You know, when they feel pain of loss, we feel pain of loss. But there are bigger issues around sports that sometimes it's hard to actually look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm being completely logically honest with how I feel about my sports fandom and how I feel about being a good human being. Right. Like another one that I think of a lot is is the whole Colin Kaepernick thing from, from three or four years ago where – that was kind of like the last draw for a lot of uh, NFL fans who were like, they just straight up blackballed this guy from the league for, you know, peacefully protesting racial injustice and police brutality. And uh, I know a, a, good, a good friend of mine from college who was a, used to be a diehard New York Giants fan. We used to talk football all the time together. Um, he was like, I stopped watching, man. God, that's. He was just like, I because some of that stuff is so messed up and it's like I, I, sometimes I, I think about that stuff whether it's the do do I crave NBA playoffs so much that I'm willing to let other people risk their lives and their health for my entertainment am I willing to you know just kind of put one blind eye to the, the injustice and grossness of the way that the NFL treated Colin Kaepernick because as I want my football on Sundays it's just you know it's it's an ugly reality that, that human beings are not perfect and a lot more often than not we're, we're selfish beings Oh no, that's a that's a really really good point, man. Especially, you know, uh, looking in the mirror as a sports fan, um, commenting on the Colin Kaepernick thing. I never, I never cared, man. He's got the right to do it. That was always my thing. That's it. It's it. whatever he wants to do is cool with me, man. I'm here to watch a football game. I'm here to do what I got to do, and that, and that's about it. Anybody can do whatever they want. That's supposed to be the cool thing about this country is we're supposed to be able to do whatever, you know, we have the freedoms. Not Obviously, you know, you can't go up and shoot somebody in the fucking head. That's not what I'm talking about. But you have the right to do peacefully protest. You have the right to speak your mind. I mean, that's two things there with the Kaepernick thing. And then going to the basketball thing with all this COVID stuff, a lot of fans that I've seen on Twitter get really shitty. Well, the players don't want to play, and they're making millions. It's like, dude, like, you wouldn't sign that contract? To play, you know, make yeah. millions of dollars to play a fucking sport. Like, am I wrong on that? Like, you don't know if someone, yeah. a player's wife is pregnant, or his mom is going through some shit, or his dad is going, whatever right. have you. You don't know. Like, we got another great example of that recently with Scotty in the Last Dance doc, and some Bulls fans who maybe didn't know everything about Scotty's background, Scotty's family life, and that being a huge, heavy, heavily weighing factor in his decision to take that crazy long-term contract. That was long-term security for not only himself but his family, um, which of course ended up being an awful contract for him down the road. But of course, that's something that athletes think about. 
Right. You know, you're 100% right, man. Well, we'll move into our next question here. And this one is um, obviously super fan-based here. I know you've probably been to a million, and it's probably hard to count. I've been to so many I can't count either. But what is the your favorite Bulls game that you've ever attended? Okay, so I, it's a it's a two-part answer. Um, I've been asked this question a couple times, and it's such an easy answer for me. So I have a favorite game from the Dynasty days when I was a kid, and then I've got a favorite game from like the, the 2010s uh, era when the Bulls were actually good again. Um, 1997 NBA Finals game. Carl uh, Malone misses two free throws. You know, Scotty has the whole line about the mailman not delivering on Sundays. Uh, inbounds pass to MJ, who just, you know, dribbles uh, up to the left elbow, uh, stutter step on Brian Russell, poor guy, uh, drills the buzzer beater. Bulls win game one of the 97 Finals. I was there uh, in the building. I wasn't even actually with my parents. My brother and my sister were being babysat by my uncle. They were off on some vacation. My parents had some friends uh, had one of the uh, upper deck skybox like uh, uh, areas that they uh, split with some of their friends. And occasionally they would be so kind to invite us, us crazy little, you know, bulls, rug rat maniacs that would run around their fancy skybox and just tear the place apart with our sugar rushes. Um, so I was in the building for that one, game seven, or game one of 97 finals, which I just went berserk. I'll never forget the sound of the stadium that night. Uh, and then my favorite one from the more recent Bulls days would be uh, game one Eastern Conference finals against the Heat um, when the Bulls blew them out in game one. Um, and Taj Gibson had, had that awesome dunk over Wade and then had that awesome put-back dunk later in the fourth quarter when the, the Bulls were just like, you know, pantsing the hell out of the Heat. Um, that was like a month before I moved to Los Angeles. So that was like me and my roommate. Um, it was like our big blowout. I was like, we've got all these moving expenses and this doesn't make any sense to spend money on game one, Eastern conference final tickets at all right now. But when are we going to get another chance to do this? We're about to move to, uh, that, that only gives us like two chances to see the polls instead of actually living in Chicago. So you're like, screw it. We threw down the money for the tickets and it was the best decision ever because, that game, game one win in the Eastern Conference Finals is the best the Bulls have had, had it since the dynasty ended. It's been all downhill from there. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, th- those are two awesome games. How old were you in the 97, uh, the uh, 97 game one? Uh, I was 10, 11. Okay, I, yeah. 10. I was there in the 300 level. I uh, always love telling this story. Um, I was lucky enough to go with my dad. I was seven years old. And I'm not going to lie to you. Do I remember it? Uh, very, very not vividly. <laughs> not, not much. I remember, yeah. I remember being there, <laughs> but I, don't, I couldn't tell you how the game went. Be, I could now because I've watched it 10 million times. I couldn't tell you how the game went, but that was the coolest thing in the world to me, man. I grew up with a single father and a one-bedroom trailer in Blue Island until we got into the southwest burbs. Uh, he saved up for a couple of years and got us here. But God damn it, dude, we had Bulls and Bears season tickets. Dude, that is some high-level parenting, man. That's where where you know where your parenting priorities are. We live in a one-bedroom. We live in a one-bedroom trailer together, but I'm taking my son to the UC every night. Yep, it was it was uh, it was magical, man. Sundays at Soldier Field with the old man, going to Bulls games during the week when he got off of work. It was just me and him. It was it was some good shit back then. So I mean, that obviously you grew up around you grew up around here. So that's probably how you became a fan. So you fell in love, and at the age that you were at, 97, obviously you probably grew up loving Michael Jordan. That's probably what started your fandom for the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I grew up in Glen Ellen, uh, which is a suburb out in the, the northwest suburbs area. Um, and there since I was three. Um, so basically, like, my first memories as a child are often related to the Bulls. Like, you know, you, you know, you have some of those like traumatic memories that are your earliest, you know, like, first memories. Like, I remember like scraping my knee and when I fell over like on the playground. And I remember like wearing Bulls and Michael Jordan related gear and, and like watching Bulls games. Those are like, I have one early traumatic memory and then all of my other early memories are just Bulls related. Um, you know, it was like a, a household rule. My parents weren't big on letting us watch TV. Uh, we had like a strict no TV on weeknights or during the school week rule. The one exception was if you get your homework done, you can watch the Bulls on weeknights. And that was like, that was what my family did. You know, we would occasionally do movie nights on Sundays, 
but most often it was we eat dinner and we sit around and watch the Bulls games together as a family. Um, and so, yeah, I just I became obsessed with it. I, I liked playing basketball, too. I was not the most athletically gifted child. I actually I was a late bloomer when I, I spent most of my childhood pretty short and pretty chubby. And I loved the sports, but I wasn't really good at them. But I so that's like, you know, being a fan was to me a great release to be like, I wished I was better at playing the sports, but I'm not going to let anybody be a better fan than I am of the people who are really, really playing the sports. All right. That's, that's awesome, man. That's definitely awesome. And we'll move into our final question here. Goose, well, I guess we'll start with you because it's been a week since we've been on, and I know that you had to repaint your cabinets because you fucked up. What have you been up to, man? No, man, I, I told you when we started the show. I've just been buying into basketball card breaks. Last night I actually hit a card worth $5,000. That's what I wanted to hear on the podcast. That's what I That's wanted what you, you wanted to say. To hear? Yes. Um, I paid $67 to get into a random select T-Mall, it's called, break. Um, Zion hunting, and uh, ultimately they put your shit in a randomizer. Whoever paid for a slot, you end up on certain teams. And when he opens the cards, you get those teams. I landed the Pelicans. I pulled out my out of 10 Lowry Markinen for good luck. Um, and I sat on the couch, and yeah, he pulled a 1 of 10 gold Zion card that's worth $5,000 fresh out of the pack. Um, I'm sending it in to be graded. If I get a 9.5 or a 10, the thing could be worth anywhere from 10 to 20 grand. Um, so like I said, it's like scratch off tickets for basketball junkies. You pay a fee to get in and you see if you get lucky and you know, you can make some money. So that's how I'm getting my basketball fix in right now. And that, uh, that's going to pay for my two Jay Z swap in my 300 ZX. So that's fucking fantastic. Man. Look at the big baller. You got, you've got it all figured out, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've already spent it. Card hasn't even arrived in the mail, but it's gone. Unbelievable. Dude, yeah. I you're, you're a bad influence. I'm going to fucking log off of this podcast and go <laughs> do some, like, bulls at Chicago Sports memorabilia shopping online. Oh, God, dude. dude paychecks can go so quick when you start doing that shit. My, I call it the buzz cave. It's my man cave here. And Goose has been here in person a, a couple times. Um. I, I got so much memorabilia down here. Signed Derrick Rose plaques. I got my Jordan rookie card over there. I, I got so much cool shit down here, but I've never yeah. I've never done that. So send me a link for that, and then if I spend too much money and Jamie gets pissed off, I'm directing her towards you, just to, yeah. just to give you that just to give you the heads up on what happens. Um, other than that, I uh, I haven't been up to much of anything, bro. I've uh, been just trying to run on on tap day to day with you know tony and nani and stuff trying to keep that afloat with the no sports world but we've done pretty good you know supplementing with pop culture or music or whatever we're into that day beer whatever but um i have become quite the the new disney movie connoisseur i have uh, watched moana now five times in the last week um yes yeah, moana's great and i i will <laughs> die on that Dude, hill i just watched it for the first time when i was quarantining up at with the rest of my family my i have two nieces the older of which is uh two and a half or close to three she loves moana it's like every day for 45 minutes before dinner she gets to watch moana and we just like it was like on loop for a month and i was like i honestly don't mind it this movie's awesome yeah the movie's great i was great. actually just singing it i was like humming it to myself in the kitchen the other day one of my roommates was like what was that and i was like and he was like was that moana and i was like yeah yes yeah, well i was singing uh you're welcome I'm the whole way home in the car today with yeah. my, with my, the Rock song in that in that movie. Shout out to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, uh, man. He's so goddamn talented, man. But yeah, you were you went away for about a month, right? When you were up in up in Michigan. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, so I, and what have you been retired. up to since the quarantine's been going on? Yeah. Man? So my folks were tired up to northern Michigan, not the UP, but uh, up near Traverse City, which is like near the, the northernmost part of the mitten itself. Um, and uh, so yeah, like when all this shit started to hit the fan. We had kind of joked for years that like the the Michigan house was sort of like our family's collective zombie apocalypse plan. It was like, okay, <laughs> if, if shit gets crazy, let's all just meet up at the lake. Yep. And we all kind of had like a family conference call. Like, you know, I want to say it was like a couple of days after the Rudy Gobert thing happened, and I was like, oh, NBA shut down. I uh, let me check with my boss. I don't think I need to be here right now. If they want us to do like Zoom shows, I can do those from wherever. And the whole family was like, yep, meet up at the lake. So we all met up at the lake and just kind of hunkered down there for the first month or so of this. Um, and it was great. You know, my, my sister and brother-in-law and my nieces uh, live down in Houston, Texas, so I don't get to see them all that often. Um, so it was great to spend that quality time with my, my family. 
and my nieces who are just the most adorable, precious things. Um, other than that, you know, spending an entire month plus with the whole family got to be a bit much. You know, the, the nieces, uh, 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 a toddler with some occasional meltdowns and an infant, they didn't get on my nerves. The rest of my family got on my nerves for sure. I was like, a month. I have, n- I have not spent an, an entire month with all of my family members, both of my, my siblings and my parents, in a long time. And I know why. So <laughs> it was nice for a while. But then I was like, y'all, I think I'm ready to go back to Chicago. I was like, don't worry, Ma. I'll wear masks. I'll wash my hands a lot. I'll be safe. But uh, I got to go. I just miss Chicago, you know, missed home. So since I've been back, pretty, pretty, you know, low key, you know, working from home. Uh, um, two roommates also working from home. Thankfully, we have a pretty big place. We're not, you know, uh, falling on top of each other. And then on the weekends, we just kind of expand our COVID crew from the three of us to our, our three ladies. And uh, then we have a friend who lives around the corner from us um, who, who, who has a nice little backyard. So on the weekends, when the weather's been nice recently, we'll just go, you know, toss some bags, drink some beers, grill out in his backyard, which has been nice. Just, just you know, be outside. Yeah, Everybody absolutely. misses the whole, like, going to restaurants and bars and normal life, especially Chicagoans in the summertime. Like, when that summer weather turns – Chicagoans are like, like, you know, LFG, let's go out in the streets, let's party. And it's been so weird to like see the weather get warmer and Chicagoans are so eager. And we've even just seen it recently with, you know, bars and restaurants with outdoor patio space slowly opening back up and letting customers come in. And um, which, you know, and everybody is, you know, has the right to make their own decisions about, you know, when and how they want to kind of reintegrate into the normalcy of life. But when you see these spikes in some of these other southern states that opened up pretty early uh, and you see that, you know, Chicago as a city and Illinois as a whole are trending well right now because we stayed in our shutdown a little bit longer, you know, just just like the NBA players. Like, I hope it happens. I hope everything's OK. But it's like, man, who, I feel like we're still going to be feeling the ripple of the effects of this for a long, long time. And it's just it's a weird time. I don't think anybody feels normal right now. Yeah, I, I went out for like the first time. Uh, two weekends in a row, or three weekends in a row over at uh, uh, his name's Tony Marchese. He runs on, he's the president of ONTAP, the company that we're running now. And, you know, we went out there with a bunch of the ONTAP guys, drank some beer, threw some bags, had a nice time, you know, but it's, uh, it's still, it, it's like, you know, you, you don't go up to your buddies anymore and like, you know, give them that high five or whatever and go in for the hug. Hey man, how are you? Just kind of stay like, Hey dude, how are you doing? Peace sign up, yeah. you know, bring, <laughs> bring your own beer. Just try to kind of stay away. But I'm hoping and praying for normalcy to, you know, come back sooner rather than later. But, you know, patience yeah. is virtue, man. You just got to stay patient. It's, it's funny you say that about, you know, a buddy giving him a high five and a hug. So uh, last weekend, two weekends ago, I saw Sabine for the first time since our last Outsiders episode. It was like the Bulls played on March 10th. Go test positive March 11th. And so, like, I hadn't seen uh, Sabine since our last show in, in early March. But uh, he joined along uh, with uh, me and a couple other of our coworkers uh, doing a, a volunteer like cleanup session um, uh, on the west side. And you know, I, I I picked him up. I gave him a ride, and like when he walked out uh, to the street, it, like we saw each other, and then and just, like maintained our distance. And it was like both of us had the impulse to be like, "Yo, buddy, hug. Let's hug it out. We've we've gone so long without seeing each other." And the both of us were like, oh, no, that's that's not a thing we're allowed to do right now. It just feels weird, man. Yeah, it does, dude. I, I totally agree with you. And like I said, I pray for normalcy to come back sooner rather than later just to get back and, you know, selfishly to get back into our, our everyday lives and just kind of live normally again. Because, I mean, I tell you what, you take it for granted when you don't have it. <laughs> I, I tell you that yeah. right now, man. That's for certain, man. That's for certain. No, uh, no freezing took us off at uh, Soldier Field this fall, I don't think, which is a shame because, uh, man, like, you know, that's the part where, you know, even when the games come back and, you know, whether or not baseball gets its shit together, uh, I think we're going to be doing the empty empty stadium thing for a while. Um, a huge bummer. That's like just, you know, hearing your story about, you know, going to Bulls games with your dad, thinking about some of my favorite games that I've attended. It's like, that's, that's, blood man that's like you know you could do a podcast you could watch the games on tv but when you're there in that atmosphere being you feel like you're a part of the game you know it's a different um, element man and that's such that's such a big part of what i've always loved most about sports and being a sports fan and is going to the games 
Um, and it's just it's just weird that that just doesn't exist right now. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for joining us here, man. I, again, sorry I pushed it back, but it was well worth it. I'm glad that you were able to make it on the show and, you know, just sit here and bullshit for about an hour. Goose, you got anything to add before we head on out, man? Oh, yeah. Thanks again, Matt. It was a good time. Uh, hopefully we can have you on again, and maybe we'll actually have current sports to talk about instead of just beating this when Jim Boylan getting the hell out of here, horse. But <laughs> I think we need to make a uh, pact man. right now. When that happens, we all get together, whether it's on a podcast or a, we get a freaking uh, virtual tailgate Bulls Zoom party, and yeah. we all crack a couple together. And, uh, you know, speculate on who the new head coach is going to be. I think that would be a fun time to have fans of, of you, Matt, of fans of, you know, us over here at Bulls on Tap and our podcast, Locked On Bulls, Bulls Outsiders, come on together and all of us just talk for a little bit just to, you know, do something different. I think that would be a fun time. Absolutely. Count me in. Gentlemen, I appreciate so much uh, for the uh, the offer and the invitation. Happy to come on anytime. Uh, I really I really enjoy what you guys do over there uh, at On Tap and and um, keep it up, man. Yeah, like like you said, Keith. We'll have uh, we'll have real things to talk about soon. Absolutely. But, um, you know, in the meantime, content is content is content, right? <laughs> absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So everybody, be sure you're checking out Matt on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Checking out Bulls Outsiders podcast, Locked On Bulls, not socks. Locked On Bulls. If you are a socks there fan, it is. if you are a socks fan, plug for Herb. Locked On Socks because Herb's my guy. Um, and then be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. We'll be back next week with another edition of Bulls on Tap. Uh, let's go Bulls.